0: Hello, good morning, good afternoon to those tuning in to the show. Once again, I'm your host, Tavares Wilson. As you all know, I always get the last word. And now, guys, we're going to jump right into the news. Now, before I get off into the NBA Finals news, I'm still speaking on the NBA news, but I want to actually speak on something else in regards to the NBA. So... It was some controversy that occurred in these last couple days between two <clears throat> between two ESPN hosts, two women, one Richard Rachel Nick Nicholas. I'm sorry, I, I butchered the name. No, I'm not sorry, honestly. But Rachel Nichols and Ma- Mariah Taylor. So, if you all do not know, Marie, Mariah Taylor was. Anointed and appointed the host of the NBA Finals This upcoming Finals Which begins Tuesday Which I will be speaking on In a little bit throughout the episode But I want to speak on this first So Rachel Nicole's I'm assuming unknowingly You know I didn't read that much into the story I read exactly what she said And how people reacted to it But I'm I'm going to assume I'm going to go off a limb here Unknowingly A video, an audio video, had posted about her, basically saying that Miss Taylor only got this position because ESPN is trying to be diverse. In other words, you only got the position because you only got the gig because you're black. That's the only reason why you got it. It's not that you're better than me. You got it because you're black. And these are her exact words. She said, and I quote. I wish Maria Taylor all the success in the world She covers football She covers basketball If you need to give her more things to do Because you are feeling pressure About your crappy long time Record on diversity Which by the way I know personally From the female side of it Like go for it Just find it somewhere else You are not going to find it from me Or taking my thing away So first of all That statement right there says a lot Because for one, it shows that she feels a certain entitlement to the position and to that honor to host the NBA Finals. Because of whatever reason, listen, people can sit here and say because she's done it for a long time, because whatever the case may be, she feels that way because she's a white woman in America. She feels as if that is her due diligence and her civil duty. Because that's her job, and because she is in this position, she should receive such treatment, and she should be the one hosting the NBA Finals, not Miss Taylor. And again, this shows her ignorance because she went on to later compare it to <clears throat> basically um, the mis- the misjudgment and the you know the, cr- the controversy that women have always faced, especially in the sports media. Because she went on to say that I know personally from the female side of it. This has nothing about being a a woman. Let me me just make that point clear first. This has nothing to do with the fact that they're both women. It has absolutely nothing with it. This is a racial thing. Because she literally said it is. She literally just quoted, as I read out to you all, was quoted saying, ESPN is literally just trying to... Avoid those diversity, you know, art issues or whatever the case may be with the audiences, other people, and things of that nature. She could have just said a fact that Miss Taylor got the job. I mean, it's that simple. You never would have seen Miss Taylor come out and said these things about her if she would've got the gig versus her. Never. You never once would have seen it. Cause why she doesn't feel like she's Old or entitled to something because of her complexion and status in society. And you can't say the same about Maria. I mean, not Maria, Rachel. You can't say the same about her. You can't. You can't say the same about Ms. Nicholas. Because she literally just set it out for you in, in writing and in her own words and in her own audio. She felt entitled to this position. She did It doesn't matter what she says and apologies or whatever the case may be. I don't know if she issued an official apology or not. But she clearly stated it and she meant exactly what she said. And what's even more frustrating is the fact that she didn't receive any kind of punishment at all. No discipline, nothing. For her words, her actions, not a single thing. I mean, I'm not even sure she even got a warning from ESPN or something like that. Because no one is... Like I said, I haven't seen any public ap- apologies. I haven't seen anything go online about it. Nothing. So I'm not even sure ESPN is backing Miss Taylor and for their decision of making her appointed for the NBA Finals. So that is another story that is showing the true colors of the business and the media. And this is one reason why... A lot of people, such as myself, are doing podcasts now because of the simple fact that they're going to give the attention and the, no, I wouldn't say just attention, but they were going to appoint those who they feel as if they want to lead the charge. They just are. I mean, if you look back at it, you look at what Stephen A. Smith tweeted the other day. I'm not sure if this is real or not, but he literally said, when I wake up in the morning, I think of two things: one, how I can make my boss more money, and two, how can I make more money. That mindset right there is a losing mindset, man. It is. I don't care how much money you have. If you are worried about making another man more money than yourself, you you've lost the battle. And if you if you're a person, just not not just a man, because at the end of the day, we are human and we all want the same things. We want to be financially stable to the point where we don't have to worry about money. Nobody should feel that way. Nobody should think that way. That's just me. But back on to the subject, the only person who was actually punished in this whole situation was a woman named Kayla Johnson. And she is a black digital... I I think she's a video producer for ESPN. She actually sent the audio to Miss Taylor... And for that she was suspended for two weeks without pay. So the woman who presented the evidence to Ms. Taylor who had every right to know what was said about her because she was being slandered and her name was being tarnished because of her colleague couldn't accept the fact that she got got the job. She's the one that's being reprimanded. She's the one that's in hot water and, and not receiving pay for the next two weeks. Can't make it up, man So I said all that to say this, man So simply put This whole situation just revealed a, a bit of truth About the media, the sports media I mean, it's, it, it didn't say anything That we all didn't already know, kind of But it it's, it shows that it truly is there That racial tension is there And Ms. Nicholas couldn't help but the fact to Make it a racial thing When it's, when it's not, it's Simply put, she got the job, you didn't. Get over it. I mean, that's how life works. <laughs> it's people out here who can't even work right now because we're still in the pandemic kind of. It's people who are laid off off their jobs, not receiving any income. And you are here crying and using skin complexion as a reason why someone got a job over you. Doesn't make sense, man. And to me, if ESPN doesn't do anything about her, it just proves why that I haven't been a fan of ESPN for God knows how long. I haven't watched ESPN in a million years, guys. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I mean, I don't watch ESPN for nothing. I mean, I literally watch YouTube channels more than I watch any major sports network now. I mean, only major sports network I watch now, I watch Chris Sims and... Um, I I I forgot his name, but I watch them on the NBC network, and I watch them on YouTube still. I don't even go to the actual television stations to watch these guys. I mean, I'm not really into the major networks or major sporting channels anymore. I I prefer podcasts. I prefer YouTube. I do. I think they're more knowledgeable. I think these guys definitely bring more to the table. And i try to be a part of that community myself. Now, with all that being said, let's get into the actual sporting event that's related to this. So, the NBA Finals are set, as you all know. And the Bucks are set to take on the Phoenix Suns. And first and foremost, let me say this. This is a win for the NBA. I'm a huge LeBron fan. I'm a huge Derrick Rose fan. You know, I would have loved to see the Clippers actually go to the finals for the first time in franchise history. Oh, the hell, I wouldn't even love to see Nikola Jokic go compete for a ring. But the NBA needed this. Because small market teams were losing. They were. They were, they were they're, they're, they're losing. They always will, always have. But with the Bucs making the finals and the Suns as well, this shows teams that, you know what? If we find the right tools and pieces If we find our guy, if we find our Giannis, if we find our Chris Paul, and we get them supporting cast like Middleton or D-Book or Aiton or Drew Holiday, if we get these guys around these guys, we got a shot. I mean, these teams... I mean, we're talking about two teams who haven't made the, the NBA Finals in over 20 years. Two teams. I mean, the last time... The last time the Bucs was in the finals, they had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the team. I believe that was the last time they made it to the finals. Long time. The Suns haven't made the NBA finals in 28 years. 28 years. That's almost... That's, a, that's more than a quarter of a century. <laughs> 28 years. This is a huge, huge, huge win for the NBA, man. They needed this because they needed to have something... Fresh and new in the face of people, and that's not to discredit anything that a guy like LeBron or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry has done, Kyrie Irving, and even that nature. That's not to discredit these guys, but y'all excuse me if I hit a dog in the background. He he barks when people walk by, but that's to say the diversity and the different opponents that you have seen. That's a huge thing for the NBA, man. I mean, I remember the year when Toronto went to the NBA Finals with Kawhi Leonard. Even though the Golden State was still there, it, it was a much more exciting contest because, simply put, you you wanted to see what a dude like Kyle Lowry or Pascal Siakam or even Fred VanVleet was going to bring to the table because they never been at this point of their careers. And they absolutely stepped up. I mean... Pascal Siakam played fantastic, man. He absolutely killed Draymond Green. But at the end of the day, I think this is something that the NBA absolutely needed, baby. I think oh. it absolutely needed it, man. So, with all that being said, I'm going to get into the matchups. I will be posting my finals predictions on Instagram. I'm not going to put it here because I don't want to ruin a surprise for some people. I know y'all. some of y'all follow me on Instagram as well. So, I will be posting my finals predictions like my actual series predictions on Instagram and on social media. But I will be doing the matchups and who I think has the edge where. So, first things first, I'm going to go with the coaching. Monty Williams for the win, easily for me. Now, Bud has made some adjustments with Break Different and Bobby Portis. They actually are stepping up out on shooters now. They're playing from inside out. And they're not playing the three-pointer and trying to work their way in like they did the past couple games. So I give them credit for that. But when it takes your superstar player going down to make adjustments, that shows me and tells me that you're too hell-bent On wanting your way to work versus of adjusting to the series and to the opponent. Because I'm telling y'all now, if they go back to that drop coverage to where Blake Griffin, not Blake Griffin, Brooke Lopez isn't stepping out on shooters in the mid-range or the little floater area, they're going to lose. And it won't be close to any game because... Chris Paul and Devin Booker would literally take all of those mid-range shots and floaters any day of the week. That's literally their game. That's what they working on. So if they want to give those guys those shots, they're going to lose. I'm, I'm telling you all that now. They're going to lose. I don't care how many points Chris Middleton or Giannis go out and get. They're going to lose if they give those guys those shots. They just are. Now, with that being said, like I said, he made the adjustment. But again, it took his superstar going down, which is never a good thing. Monty Williams, throughout the season, has shown progression and growth as a coach. Not just through the fact that he went out and advocated to get Chris Paul, knowing he was the missing piece for this team, but also being able to rally the troops and hold this team together to actually close out and win series. I mean, you got to think about it. Every series the Clippers was in this postseason, they trailed. They won every one except for the Suns. They went out. They beat the Suns game five. Yes, game five. Monty Williams held his guys to a standard. He told them, listen, we have to punch these guys in the mouth, and we have to finish the job. If we want to be known as this team, that's actually going to take that next step, we have to finish these guys. And they did it in this game. I mean, it's the little things like that that separate good from great coaches, what separates okay from good coaches. That's that's what separates them. You hold guys to a standard. That was the prime example of why Nate McMillan versus Lloyd Pierce, the difference between the two. McMillan held the Hawks to a standard. If we want this result, if we want X, we have to, if we want Y, we have to do X. It's just that simple. Hard work and dedication is what's going to get us to this next point. Not just us wanting to be great, but actually putting the work to be. And they did it. I mean, no one had the hearts going to the conference finals. They overachieved. I mean, yeah, they—they they, of course, they're disappointed they lost. I mean, of course, they'll, have, they'll love to have a chance to compete for a title. But no one had the Hawks going to the finals. Nobody. Hell, nobody even would have even had them winning the game against the Bucs. But they did it. At the end of the day, that is what separates good coaches from great coaches. That is what separates okay coaches from good coaches. So, to me, Monty Williams clearly has the edge of a bud. He makes the proper adjustments and, and suited fit. When needed, I should say, he has shown that he can develop players and make them better, and he's shown that he can put his ego aside and actually let his players do what they believe is best in the situation. I mean, it's, it's he's draws up good plays. You have seen the, the buzzer-beater for Elliot, the DeAndre Ayton. You seen the, the have I mean, not half court, but a three-point buzzer-beater for Devin Booker against the Clippers. I mean, he, he draws up better plays to meet than Bud. He's a better coach than Bud in terms of rallying his troops together, and he makes the proper adjustments. Bud never makes adjustments. He made one adjustment for the first time in his career that actually worked. Who knows if he'll do it again? So I gave it an edge the Monty wins. Now, we we'll go to point guard, we got Chris Paul, Drew Holiday. This to me is going to be the message of the matchup of the series outside of another matchup I'm going to get into. But this is one of the most key matchups in the series. I think the slight edge goes to Chris Paul because I think he, for the Suns to win, he has to be better than Drew Holiday this series. And I think he knows that. And I think he has to be better than what Drew Holiday will be. Drew Holiday's been in the tear, man. These past two games, he's been sensational. I'm talking about he's putting up better than 25 a game. He's shooting better than 50% from the field. He's a menace on the defensive end. I mean, this is all NBA defensive defender. He held Trey Young to a terrible shooting night other night. Even though Trey Young was playing injured still, he, he played and he held him to a terrible shooting game. Drew Holiday is, has been the absolute menace of late. But Chris Paul has to be better. He cannot allow Drew Holiday to outplay him. If, if Drew Holiday outplays Chris Paul, this, this will be a long series for the Suns. It just will. Because your best player is going to be outplayed by their second, maybe third best player. It's, it's not, it's not going to boat well for you if that's the case. Now, another matchup I want to get into Chris Middleton versus Devin Booker. Now, this is the matchup I want to speak on. I'm going to give the edge to Devin Booker because he's the more consistent player. But Chris Middleton has to be better than Devin Booker the entire series if the Bucks are going to win. I'm not saying he has to go out there and be Superman and score 16 in one quarter or in two minutes like how he did... In other two games. I'm not saying he has to do that. But what I am saying is he has to be consistent enough on both ends and outplay Devin Booker in key moments. He has to. Because if he doesn't, just like I said for the Suns, same thing for the Bucks. It will be a long, 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 long series for the Bucks if they allow Devin Booker, if Devin Booker is. Outplays Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton has to be better than Devin Booker this series. That's that's just what that's just what he has to be. He has to be. I think he has all the capability in the world. I'm a Chris Middleton fan. I think he's a very talented guy, and I think he's a perennial all-star in this league. I think he I don't think he has the mindset to actually elevate to that next level a star. Or oh, like a superstar caliber guy, but I think he's more than capable of being a star. Now, with that being said, the next matchup I want to get into, I want to get into the matchup between Giannis and DeAndre Ayton because I believe that's who will be checking him majority of the time, and not Jake Crowder. But I think I think Giannis has to. Be great. He has to, I mean, one, he has to be healthy. And two, he has to actually come in and dominate the painted area. I mean, DeAndre Ayton has been a menace in the entire players uh, all season, I mean, all playoffs. I mean, he's shooting better than he ever. I don't know if he still is, but at one point he was shooting better than 70% from the field. In the playoffs. I mean. I believe he should still be shooting like that. Because. I honestly want to see why he wouldn't. Because the stats he's been posting man. They just been mind boggling. Let me look real fast. Yep. He's shooting 70% in the playoffs right now. Averaging 16 points and 11 rebounds. Really 12. 16 to 12. I mean that's phenomenal man. That's just phenomenal. He's. He's been getting dirty. He's been getting to the nitty-gritty. Giannis has to outplay DeAndre Ayton. And I believe Brook Lopez still has to be effective as he has been the past two games. It's going to be a more tall task because DeAndre Ayton is a bigger center and a bigger guy than what Clint Capella is. So it's going to be a taller task for Brook Lopez. And it's going to be more physically demanding on him throughout this series. But he has to be ready for that matchup. And... I'm going to get into two night dark nights and two sleepers for these teams who absolutely have to step up for them. Not necessarily sleepers, but key players who has to be key for them down the, down the stretches of games or even put up big shots. For the Suns, it has to be campaign. Has to, it has to be campaign, man. I mean, he, he has to be special, you know, he has to be someone like that Jason Terry or, or Mono Ginobili-type role because the Bucs are going to put up points. They are. They're going to play good defense. They are. It's the Bucs. It's, it's them. That's what they do. They're going to be knights where Chris Paul and Devin Booker don't have it going. They, they're going to need that third guy because outside of Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they really don't have any more shot creators on their team. I mean, Jay Crow is a 3-and-D guy. Mikal Bridges, I like Mikael Bridges, but he isn't a guy that you would look to, to actually get his own bucket. He can do it, but he's not a guy who will consistently do it. I mean, he's more of a spot up guy than anything. Cam Payne is the next guy you look at for that. He just is, and he has to be. He has to be good this series, almost great, because the Bucks are going to put up points. They are. Now, the guy for the Bucks who I think needs to absolutely step up. I think Bobby Portis needs to continue to play at this intensity and this level he's playing at. Because he's going to, 9 out of 10 times, he's going to be in the game playing against a guy like Dario Sarge, who I think he should absolutely win that matchup against and almost dominate. Even if he's going against DeAndre Ayton, he could take DeAndre Ayton out to the perimeter and actually make him work on the defensive end versus having him just sit under the basket the entire game, for the entirety of the game. Make these guys work. Make the bigs of the Phoenix Suns work. And I think Bobby Portis is going to be huge for that because he's a big that's agile enough to beat you off the dribble, spot up on you, shoot, finish over you, things of that nature. I think that's going to be absolutely huge for these guys. And with all that being said, like I said, I will be posting my finals predictions on Instagram. So y'all be on the world. Be on the lookout for that. I won't be saying it here because, you know, no spoilers. But I'm looking forward to a competitive, nitty-gritty, hungry series. Cause these are two teams who are hungry, man. I mean, Chris Paul making his first finals in 16 years. Congratulations to him. You no. Know, Giannis Antetokounmpo making his first Finals is You know his. I know it's for him it felt like a long time coming Finals predict um, appearance. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. I mean, these are all guys who we always have said can be competitive to the point where they can actually be competing for a Finals, and now they actually are. So I'm looking forward. I mean, I'm looking forward to these finals, man. I mean, I hope. I can't wait till tomorrow when it starts up because, in all honesty, man, it's going to be fun to watch, man. It's going to be absolutely fun to watch. Now, with all that being said, thank you all for tuning in to the show once again. Please be sure to subscribe to the channel. Y'all follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I'm everywhere, guys. Trust me. So, thank y'all for tuning into the show once again, and I'll see y'all in the next one.